From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, Peter Barry on the FLAX study. Femto is as good as FACO, but currently, by these benchmarks, doesn't outperform. First this. If time and money were no object, you'd probably go to a lot of meetings. Not just ASCRS, but ESCRS, APACRS, AAO, Hawaiian Eye, and Winter Update, and you'd learn a ton. But money is an issue, and time an even bigger one. That's why I go to all of those meetings for you. Speak with the presenters you'd like best, and get them to distill their talks down to just a few minutes. You can see all of these interviews at no cost at the iWorld Replay website. Just go to ewreplay.org, E-W-R-E-P-L-A-Y.org, and enjoy. I had the opportunity to interview a number of people advancing the forefront of ophthalmology during the annual meeting of the ESCRS in London. Edited versions of these interviews are presented on the iWorld Replay website as brief videos. I'm going to present these interviews in their entirety over a number of podcasts. Today, we will hear from Peter Barry speaking about the FLAX study. I'm here with Peter Barry. Peter, you uh, gave a, a, a super talk on the FLAX study. Before I ask you to share with us some of the findings, let me ask you to describe what the, the FLAX study is how it's set up and how, how the data are gathered. Absolutely. Um, we basically decided uh, at the ESCRS board about two years ago that with all of the uh, hype on femtolasers, uh, could we introduce, could we start a study that would provide some sort of initial comparison? And we said, okay, we're going to do a, a relatively simple study and that the best way to do it is you want to identify comparators to your femto patients and you want your participants, your clinical partners in the study who are contributing their femto patients to simply ensure that they are consecutive because we don't want best case reports, we just want consecutive. So the femto patient is considered and analyzed as a femto patient once the docking procedure is attempted. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Right. You need to have a starting point. The second thing was then, well, what outcomes are you going to measure and why? So because our Eurequo, which as you know is the Eurequo Regist- the European Registry of Quality Outcomes in Cataract and Refractive Surgery, which was initially funded by the European Union grant and the ESCRS grant, it's now entirely run by the ESCRS, but it has 1.2 million cataract patients in its database and it has a variety of fields on the computerized forms for people to tick in terms of preoperative evaluation, peroperative difficulties, preoperated anticipated surgical difficulties, recorded difficulties during the surgery, and then a defined set of post-operative measurements taken within a time frame of 60 days to benchmark quality and complications. So it seemed to us that if that 1.2 million patients were sitting there, could we 
take our femto patients and enter their surgical outcomes into precisely these same Eurequo fields and then institute a comparison. And that's what we got our participating surgeons to do. There were 22 participating surgeons in 16 clinics spread across 10 European countries, all of which were, well, not all European actually, eight European, uh, two clinics from Turkey and one clinic from uh, Australia. So they performed the surgery. The surgeons were self-selected, if you like, and by invitation. The patients were selected entirely uh, by the surgeons. Consecutively though? Consecutively, and the results submitted. Obviously then there are some issues which are only related to femtolaser where there would be no comparison in the Eureka database. For example, whether the femto was used for the incision or for the capsulorexis or for the fragmentation procedure or coexistent uh, uh, laser refractive procedures, there are some particularly uh, capsule-related problems which aren't going to be recorded in the Eureka database. So sure, they're there. But still we held that the fundamental benchmarks of quality outcomes which Eurequo utilizes would be a good starting point. So I think I'd say too uh, what we did not do because the advocates and enthusiasts for Femto talk a lot about reduced ultrasound time, circularity of the rexus, uh, uh, effective lens position, um, reduced endothelial cell loss, they talk of all these issues but we didn't have those comparators in the Eurequo system. So I'm not pretending for a moment that um, this study is, is perfect. I'm just saying we utilized, we decided it was a very good place to start because so many of the reports in the literature didn't really enable you to establish very good comparisons. Right, really right, right. Comparison to the real world. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's, that is, is um, basically what we did. If you say, well, how did you choose your comparator patients out of the Eureka database? Well, because the Femto patients were recruited from the end of 2013, recruitment is ongoing. Our final date for the purposes of this report was the 6th of August of this year because we had to analyze the results. And uh, the comparator patients from the Eureka database is we what we call pragmatically selected 100,000 cataracts. Well, what a great term. Well, pra pragmatic selection, what I mean is, in the Eurequo, uh, not all fields are mandatory. For example, post-operative K readings is not a mandatory field, but we needed those. So we would select out the ones in whom the relevant fields were completed. And then out of that 100,000, we randomly selected 5,000 a little bit of tidy up of the data for errors and that left you with I think 4,992 uh, patients to act as, as comparators. That was the way the study was set up. We specifically did not identify the laser platform used for the purposes of this report because they're changing all the time mm -hmm. and we thought also there was a serious risk that that might introduce a little bit of commercial bias which we didn't want. Quite obviously now a manufacturer could say, well, you know, they had five laser platforms in that study. Had they only used ours, yes. uh, the results would be better. That may or may not be the case, uh, but it wouldn't have been a practical issue. And the, 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 the parameters uh, in the database, they're, they're, they're primarily clinical, they're things like post-operative post Well, if you take acuity? them, it's probably easiest to start at, what are the, at the pre-operative ones, first of all. The pre-operative ones are uh, best corrected distance visual acuity, 
the uh, anticipated surgical problems, for example, uh, previous refractive surgery, pseudoexfoliation, sure. white cataract, small pupil, previous vitrectomy, uh, they, they're the, the tick boxes uh, preoperatively. Uh, Peroperatively, it's uh, related to uh, the type of IOL that's used, uh, peroperative complications, either torn capsules, vitreous loss, drop nucleus, etc. And the postoperative measurements are uh, visual acuity again, uh, adverse events such as elevated intraocular pressure that's sustained, uh, corneal edema, um, uveitis requiring treatment. Um, they're the uh, surgically induced astigmatism and uh, precision of biometry because they're the comparators that we right, have. Right, no, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, system. sure. Uh, so then in terms of uh, peroperative, in, in, if you look then at the outcome comparing the two groups, the, the most striking difference preoperatively was uh, age group that the femto group were nearly 10 years younger, you know, an average age of 67 compared to 78 or something of that nature, I don't know the precise age group, but it's pretty well a 10 year difference. And the most striking difference was that 19% of the femto group had had previous uh, corneal refractive surgery, whereas uh, less than 0.5% of the uh, FACO group had had previous uh, refractive surgery. In terms of the uh, lenses used, uh, the striking difference was about 30% of the femto group had so-called premium IOLs, by which I mean multifocal, toric, or um, uh, accommodating. Accommodating, yes, yeah, working out of my head. Whereas in the FACO group, it was less than 0.5%. Um, uh, and that, that, I mean, that's true across the whole Eureka database is that the uptake of the so-called premium lens is quite small. Uh, but that was certainly a very, very striking difference. So it came then that you actually had, what was emerging here now was really two different patient populations. Right. They were younger, uh, they had uh, better visual acuity preoperatively. A large number of the femto group have a visual acuity of 1.0 or better. Some had visual acuity of 1.5 or better prior to the cataract surgery. And the preoperative visual acuity, the FACO group, was, was lower in terms of visions at that level of 1.0 or 0.8. When you come down to visual acuity 0.5, then it turned out to be the, 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 the same. Then looking at them afterwards, uh, there was overall a slightly more reported post-operative complications in the uh, femto group. A little bit more corneal edema, which is a little bit surprising if you're talking about less ultrasound energy, right. but this was there. Um, a little bit more uh, uh, uveitis. Um, but overall, the differences were really not particularly um, striking. Uh, one of the surprising factors was that the surgically, the surgically induced astigmatism was the same. Biometry prediction error plus or minus 0.5 or plus or minus 1.0 diopters um, was the same. Uh, but now, and my memory is slipping, I'm trying to remember what was the post-op. Yes, in terms of uh, post-operative cylinder, 
of 1.5 diopter or greater, because this wasn't in the pre-op data, it was in the post-op data, uh, there was 10% in the femto group versus about 20% in the FACO group. And we thought that that would simply reflect the previous corneal surgery and the higher utilization of the toric IOS. Yeah, the premium lenses, uh, right. But yeah. then we kind of did a little sub-analysis. We took out all the corn previous corneal refractive surgery and the toric IOS, and the figure strangely didn't actually change uh, from that 10%, which was a kind of a surprising finding and a bit interesting in its own right. So when you kind of put it all together, I think you have to be very honest here and say that first of all, this is most specifically not a randomized trial. Secondly, it most specifically is not a strict case control study because two different patient populations yeah, emerge. The demographics were different. Precisely, but given, uh, given, given that uh, admission of what we found, it still is true to say that in the benchmark quality outcomes that you requote measure, i.e. post-operative visual acuity, biometry prediction error, surgically induced astigmatism, complications, elevated intraocular pressure, etc., etc., at this stage, on based on this 2000, Femto is as good as FACO, but currently, by these benchmarks, doesn't outperform. Yeah, no. So the, the, the this is um, these are these are are, are, are great points that, that you looked to um, to create a, a database that would best match an existing database for conventional cataract surgery, so that you could make a comparison. And I understand your your uh, point too that in a sense it's not fair because the cataract surgeons doing femto are perhaps saying, I'm going to be using this new technology with which I am not, at least in the initial cases, completely comfortable. I'm going to select the patients with whom I think I'm going to have the least problems, um, so that these might be patients with cataracts that are, that are, that are less dense. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a self selected patient population in, in that sense, in addition to being selected in terms of what the surgeons actually, which patients the surgeons actually just put into the database. Absolutely, and also that works both ways. On the one hand, you can have the surgeon that you're talking about who, because he's not yet entirely comfortable with Femto and is selecting out the patients that he's going to be more comfortable with. Uh, there are another group of femto surgeons, though, who uh, think that the primary advantages of femto is, is for magic duplicated cases. Yeah, some of those cases, such as right. white cataract, uh, exfoliation, uh, etc. So I think, in that sense, it works both ways. But it emphasizes the fact that it is not a precise case control. Yeah, I mean, no, no, no. I mean, look, you, 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 you. You work with 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 what you've uh, gotten, and you've done done a, a, a brilliant job matching things up. Um, yeah, th this is really really neat data. I mean, this is really val valuable stuff. I I, I, w I want to to very much thank you for being so generous with with your time with us in in sharing this today. Oh, you're you're more than welcome. Peter Barry is head of the Department of Ophthalmology at the St. Vincent's University Hospital in Dublin, Ireland. Ask questions of Dr. Barry or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. 
These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.